0: Picture the scene. It's a warm, sunny July day, the day of your year five cross-country race. You're nine years old and for some strange reason you and all of your classmates are going to run multiple laps of the grassy green sports field. The other years have all had their go and now the whole school is there watching, ready to cheer you on as your team starts their race. For some reason, this is a standout memory from my primary school days. I've never really been a particularly active child, never really got into running later in life. But for some reason, in this moment, I decided to run the race as well as I could. I tried to keep pace with the girl in my year who ran for the county and somehow managed to finish only just behind her. I assume she was having an off day or just taking it as some training. But I felt really proud. Now, the reality is, is I got to the end of the finish line, the end of the race, and then collapsed on the floor in a total mess. I um, was struggling not to throw up, and my body just did not know what to do with this level of exercise. But I got a sense of pride from doing it. I knew that I'd run that race as well as I could. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. Now, I never thought I'd be comparing my year five cross-country race to a Bible passage, but... As we take a look at Hebrews 12 verses 1 to 3, you'll see that there are some similarities. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So today we're going to be looking at what this passage has to teach us about how we run our race. But first, what is this race? Well, it's the race of life. It's that nitty gritty of how do we live out a life of faith, a God-centred, God-focused life we'll all have our individual races as well there might be particular things in particular seasons that form part of our race particular passions we have that are key parts of the way we live our lives or there might be things that take us months and even years to figure out lifelong parts of it we'll all have our individualness to it too and there's also this wider race of faith that we're all called into together For those of you who aren't yet Christians, I hope today will also help you think through how you live your life out well, how you want to run your race with perseverance, and if that includes Jesus in it This short passage is packed full of detail and wisdom. We're encouraged to throw off everything that hinders and entangles, to run with perseverance, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. that we don't grow weary or lose heart. It's a pretty epic description, a really positive and hopeful race to be invited into. But I think you'll notice from the language that it has its challenges too, so let's lean in and look together at how we can do this well. To run the race well, we need a team. This passage starts off partway through a thought. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, We're picking up here from where we left off last week, Hebrews 11, that great big list of heroes of the faith, ordinary men and women who lived out extraordinary lives because they were willing to follow our God. Knowing our context, who our team is made of, is so important. Hearing these stories of ordinary men and women living out extraordinary lives of faith encourages me as I live out my life. It's why you hear us encouraging you to pick up your Bible again and again, because it's down-packed full of stories that can encourage us in how we live our lives, stories of the people that have gone before us and how they've lived. And if you're exploring faith, it's a great place to start to learn more. We can be ex- inspired by those who have run before us, reminding us that with faith as small as a mustard seed, God can move mountains. At the moment... <laughs> It's so easy to lose heart with problems at a macro scale of global pandemic, national crisis, economic crisis. It can be really easy to think what difference can our one little life make? And yet more than ever, we're being encouraged that our individual actions do make a difference. Wash your hands, wear a face mask, shop locally and support local businesses. And we've seen stories throughout 2020 of individuals who have stepped up and have made a difference. Captain Tom Tom Moore, now Sir Captain Tom Moore, uh, known for walking miles and miles to raise money for the NHS. Or footballer Marcus Rashford, who has raised awareness of poverty and hunger in children. These stories inspire us as a nation that our individual lives, our individual actions matter And it's the same when we look at our own history, when we look around us for who our team is. It gives us context. It gives us encouragement. It shows us why it's worth keeping going and what that can look like and the difference that that can make. Take a look at the list in Hebrews 11. The people listed would not have been newsworthy if it hadn't been for their faith in an extraordinary God. Does the story of one of this great cloud of witnesses stand out to you? Does it inspire you? How does it feel to know that we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses? We live out our races in this context and our team is ever expanding. Our team today is the church, both that intergenerational, millennial long, national, big picture church, but also one another as DT. We've really noticed the importance of the church this last year, haven't we? It's why we keep turning up to online services and to Zoom calls, because we know it matters. It's why we notice and miss the fact that we're not together in person, because doing this as a team makes a real positive impact. And it's not always easy to keep going, to keep investing in this team. When we're Zoomed out, when we feel like our contribution online doesn't matter as much as it might have done in person... I can find it hard to turn up after a day full of video meetings. and I can't even imagine what it's like when you've been doing homeschooling on top of that. And so we might stop turning up to group. We might not join in with everyone else on a Sunday. We might have lost touch with those friends and, and family that we would have prayed with and encouraged. It's easily done when our world is chaotic and has shrunk to the four walls of our homes. And yeah, it's these moments where we need to be investing in our team more than ever. It's these moments where we really need our church family around us to encourage us and to challenge us to live lives focused on Jesus and full of faith. There's been some real hard times this year and I've sat and cried with my church family in those first few weeks of lockdown where I felt lonely and isolated. I've sat and prayed with Countless people about countless family and friends who were impacted by the pandemic. And I've even sat and chatted with members of church around what it looks like to follow national lockdown rules in a godly way, from a godly perspective. We are designed not to do this by ourselves and in isolation, but to encourage one another and to be encouraged. And we can blame when we give up on that, on the pandemic, but the reality is there's always something. Work schedules family schedules, deadlines. There's always a reason to stop investing in this team, but it makes the race so much harder. It makes it so much harder to persevere. We're designed to keep encouraging each other, to cheer each other on, to remind each other of our context. G2, let's be a church who encourage one another to live out lives of extraordinary faith, who encourage each other to live out our own individual races. And what about outside a church? Who is there outside of church that's encouraging you? And have you told them? What could you do to encourage them back? Could you send them a text message with a nice note in it? Could you buy them a gift and send it their way? Could you arrange a phone call or a catch up with them? Let's remember our team, remember our context as we run this race together so that we can keep running it with perseverance. So we've got our team. The next thing we need to do is to train. Now, I can't see myself ever doing a marathon. I'm really impressed by those of you who can, but I'm always particularly inspired by the people who think 26.2 miles by itself isn't enough and that they also want to do it in full costume. The Yorkshire Marathon has had a mixture of Chewbacca through to Mr Potato Head and Wonder Woman and in true Yorkshire style, has included a 3D printed white rose And a 40-person Viking longboat. Now, while it's entertaining for me and for the crowds watching, it definitely makes their race harder. So, how do we run our races? How do we train for our race? Hebrews 12 tells us to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Most of us want to run the race well, but there are often things that get in the way that make it harder. Throw off anything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. What comes to your mind as I say that? When we talk about sin, we're often talking about something that's wrong or immoral. And it might be that there is something like that that's hindering your race. Often we're pretty aware of those things. And it might be that you just need to bring that to Jesus again to say sorry, to ask for his help to invite in a trusted friend or leader to keep you accountable in that and help you with that. For others of us, what's holding us back might come under the wider stroke of anything that hinders. Those things that aren't inherently wrong or bad, but like a 40-person Viking longboat, slow us down and make it harder. For me, previously, I've limited my time on social media or watching TV because I know I can get lost in the mind numbingness of that and kind of switch off from what's going on in the real world and what God might be doing I absolutely love a lion and I hate going to bed but if I don't do something about that I wake up roll out of bed onto the laptop well not onto the laptop but to the laptop and then before I know it's the end of the day and I've not proactively thought about anything and I've definitely not invited God into the middle of it Often when we say yes to one thing we need to say no to another and things like that can cause us to switch off. It can sound like something from unhelpful past experiences of church or just a whole other thing demanding our time on the long list of things that want our time. But back to our marathon analogy, preparing for a race, preparing for a marathon takes time and dedication I watched my friend do it at uni in our first year and watched her having to stick to a strict schedule and in the week before eat a ridiculous amount of pasta. Running this race takes time and dedication and perseverance and we can get so caught up in habits and things that we might want to uh, push away and, and give up and forget that the whole reason we're being asked to do that is because those things entangle us and hinder us and hold us back from the fullness of life with Jesus and all the good that that brings. It's not doing it for no reason or out of a list of rules, but to live life to the full with Jesus. GT, let's be a church with the courage to face up to the things that entangle and hinder so that we can run our race with perseverance. Let's train now and and get ready for this race for the long haul. So we've got a team, we've talked about training, Point number three is that we need a trainer. At this point, I really need to be reminded of Jesus, our anchor of hope, the hero of our faith, greater than any before or after who invites us to walk with and find rest in him. Hebrews 12 encourages us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. To run this race well, we've got to fix our eyes on Jesus, unswervingly focused on him, wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. He is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. He creates it, he sustains it, Our faith isn't based on our own good efforts or good ideas, but it's a gift created and sustained by him. We can't do it on our own and there'd be no point in trying because he's the whole reason we do it in the first place. The last few months have been hard. Hands up if at some point you've grown weary or lost heart. When that happens, let's remind ourselves of Jesus, of his example in enduring death on a cross Jesus, who's already faced all of our fears and worries and problems and has overcome. Let's pause and spend time with him. We might not have the words to say and need to sit there in silence. We might need to cry in pain, shout in anger or sit in gratitude, thanking him for where he has been with us to praise him in the middle of the storm. Jesus is our hope. He sustains our faith and he makes the whole race worthwhile. He encourages all of us who are tired and weary to come to him, to walk with him, to learn from him and to find rest in him. And if you don't know Jesus, but this picture of him makes you want to, then ask him to show himself to you now. He's ready, waiting at the door knocking, just waiting for you to invite him in. G2, let's be a church with our eyes fixed fully on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Let's run the race of perseverance with him at our side. So, are we race ready? Are we ready to take action? What's the key thing standing out to you as you think about how we live out this race, how we live out our lives with a God-centred, God-focus? Is it the team? Do you need to be reminded of our context and the history that we're a part of? Could you find the story of some of the heroes that are mentioned in Hebrews 11 and see how they inspire you? Could you arrange time to pray with someone from our church community? Could you recommit to group or join one or turn up on a Sunday and join in with what's going on? Is it time to train? Are there things that hinder or entangle that you need to set aside to help you run this race well? Could you spend some time with Jesus, bringing them to him and asking him for help? Could you share them with a friend or trusted leader to hold you accountable and encourage you? Could you fast for a period, whether that's food or technology or something else? Is it the trainer? Do you simply need to fix your eyes on Jesus, to refocus on him? Could you use the time after this talk now to have a real honest conversation with him? Could you book some time in your diary to spend time with him? Could you commit to keeping up with one of the practices that we've done in our small groups, to either doing the one for that week every day or to pick one of them and implement that as a longer term thing in your life. It's a long race we're on. And before we run a marathon, we need to do our training to take our first step. So what are the first steps you can take? As I pray now, ask Jesus to show you what that next step could be. Jesus, thank you that you are the author and perfecter of our faith. Thank you that as we run the race of life, we don't do so alone, but with our eyes fixed on you and with encouragement from the church. Would you remind us of this, particularly when we grow weary, lose heart or find ourselves entangled or hindered? Help us as we take our first steps. Amen.